Isris, what is it? Why should you care? Tune in for more. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director of Renew Missouri, James Owen. Joining us on the boards for the last time, because I usually say oh, as always, but Matt Patterson, uh, who has been our faithful and loyal producer for the past couple of years, is leaving. I am leaving, yes. I've been fired, really. Oh, because I didn't like how the podcast operated. That's um, right, yeah. Okay, well, he, he's he's joking, of course, folks. He's actually <laughs> he's actually going to go off to be the, uh, the executive director of the Utah Democratic Party. Because why not, right? Because there are Democrats in Utah, as it turns out. So we're excited for him. Uh, it's a real shame. It was amazing that we were paying him all this money just to produce this podcast. That's all he was doing for Renew Missouri. <laughs> so now we'll just have to go buy hats. Uh, but uh, also very silently over here is Danielle Wilson, who will be stepping in uh, to Mr. Patterson's uh, shoes to produce this. Danielle, can you say something really loud? Hello. Very good. Okay. <laughs> we look forward to more conversations like that in the future. Um <laughs> Our special guest here in the palatial Renew Missouri studios is General Counsel Tim Opitz. Tim? Am I still a special guest if I'm on every other podcast, though? Uh, well, you've been on every podcast every for the podcast? past two times. Um, <laughs> I think you're special, uh, for what it's worth. Um, no, we've, we, we, we've had a lot of issues that have had a legal focus. And... Um, that's why it's important to have you here. Also because uh, we don't have many people that are on staff here <laughs> in the Columbia office anymore because uh, we're all in St. Louis and Kansas City. So um, until I get more uh, guest speakers, guest uh, 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 guest spots, uh, which I think we'll start doing more during the legislative session, yeah, you're stuck doing this. So welcome. I'm happy to be here. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad because uh, we need to talk about, uh, well, I want to talk about something that's not really renewable energy or energy efficiency related, uh, but it is something that you and I have had some history with, and there was some news coverage about this last week. If you're in the St. Louis area, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch did an article about this. Uh, there were a number of utility uh, cases that came down from the Court of Appeals Western District, and we talked a little bit about, you know, the different districts uh, in Missouri as far as the court appeals go on our last podcast, so we won't get into that again. But the Western District made a number of rulings um, involving this concept known as ISRIS, which is the Infrastructure System. What was it? What was the R? Replacement. Replacement. Surcharge. Oh my gosh, that was the easiest one. Infrastructure. System Replacement Surcharge, ISRIS. Okay, everyone's going to get mad because they're going to say I didn't do any prep before this and I don't know what I'm talking about. So, you know, save your emails, I know. Okay, we just always call it ISRIS. Now, this is not something we deal with at Renew Missouri, but like since this was in the news, I thought it would be helpful for people to hear about it. Tell me if I'm wrong about this, Tim. I'm going to like try to recount what I know about ISRIS. ISRIS is authorized by statute. I believe it was um, authorized in 2011. Sometime around there? I think it was 2003. Oh, 
I think that is right because actually you were, you actually know a lot about when Isris was uh, developed because you argued something about this in front of the Supreme Court. So let's say 2003 instead of 2011. Again, save your emails. Okay, so basically here's the concept. The concept is if you are a water or a gas utility in Missouri, specifically an investor-owned utility, because, I mean, we talk a lot about Ameren, Missouri. We talk a lot about Evergy, which used to be KCPNL. We talk a lot about Liberty on here, formerly Empire. But we also, we also work some with Spire Energy, which is a gas uh, company that is based in St. Louis. They have service territory all over the state. And they're a national organ. They're a national group, but if you were to really look at the concentration of where they uh, have their customers, it's Kansas City and St. Louis. And Missouri American Water Company (MAWC) they're a very large um, uh, water utility that uh, they have a lot of service territory in St. Louis County, and they kind of have also like acquired a number of smaller water companies around the state but they're also based like they're they're a subsidiary of the american water corporation which is based out of new jersey they're all over the country as well but these uh these two utility companies uh they they i, I would say they probably apply for the isris more than pretty much any of the other um gas or water companies this concept is basically that if you have some sort of government mandate to update your infrastructure or replace your infrastructure, like your pipes, like pipes that carry gas or pipes that carry water, that you are able to get, that they have a surcharge on your bill that allow them to recover that or at least have that paid for um, outside of a rate case. So like typically, when a uh, utility company does any kind of improvements or they do any kind of capital expenditures, that's done through a rate case. But in this particular case, those rates can be recovered separately from a rate case and with more frequency because of the ISRA statute. Tim, comment, did I get that close? You got uh, the big picture of all that. One thing that uh, is in the definition of what's eligible plant. Yeah. That's featured prominently in all of these uh, recent decisions. Yes. And whether the plant is worn out or deteriorated. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, the, the whole point is like you need a reason to be replacing this stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, and, and right now I know there's a lot of people out there mm -hmm. uh, who, who point to... Um, who point to the fact that when you look at the infrastructure in Kansas City and St. Louis, I mean, that's been in the ground for a long time. And it's expensive to replace. I mean, this would be the utilities argument. And they need to recover that quicker. Right. They'll make arguments and say these things have been in the ground for 100 years. Or in the case of water pipes, they'll say some of these pipes are made of wood and leather. Um, so Is that true? I've heard that argument. Um, it may be true, Leather? it may not be. Just, yeah, just whatever they used to use 100 years ago. Oh, well, that's interesting. I guess it is impervious. No, it's not impervious to water. I don't know the whole thing. You're not supposed to have leather out in water. That sounds like that's a disaster. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll address that later. Um, <laughs> uh, so, okay, so... Um, Let's get the water thing out of the way first, because this is this is something that you were okay. So as everyone probably knows, if they listen to this podcast, you and I used to work at the Office of Public Counsel. 
Uh, that was the ratepayer advocate for the state of Missouri. Um, you were very involved with a uh, appellate case that made a lot of people upset when I was there. And it's a case I inherited. It involved MAWC, Missouri American Water Corporation. And basically, the water is risk, the, the thing that said that basically it had a million people or more. Which when the law was put into effect in 2003, okay, this is all coming back to me now, St. Louis County had a million people in it. Right? Right. So without saying it, the only place they could do this was St. Louis County. Um, and that was the only place that that applied to in the state of Missouri. Well, as the Office of Public Counsel pointed out, when they saw it in Isris, I think back in 2015, um, St. Louis County didn't have a million people in it anymore. It had like 985,000, or it wasn't even... It was, it was like 1,000 people shy of a million. It was 1,000 people shy of a million. I like to attribute it to the St. Louis Rams leaving town. Of course. Because, because, you know, like all, and all the fans <laughs> fleeing as well to Los Angeles. Well, the, the, the amount of people to support a NFL franchise is probably around 1,000 people. Fair enough. I mean, it could be a number of things. So you argued, or at least the Office of Public Counsel argued, that um, they had lost this kind of classification to do it. And that went, and the Public Service Commission disagreed with that. The Western District Court of Appeals agreed that that was the case, which caused absolute regulatory bedlam, as I recall, because Missouri American was absolutely petrified about this, that they had law that they were they were going to pay money back or something. I <coughs> I think it caused a lot more than that. There were a lot of people who intervened who were municipalities or different counties. Because they were worried that the laws that were written for them based on population would be thrown yeah. along as well. This okay, so this opened up this new other thing because there are a, there were a lot there are a lot of laws in the book that are specific to a city, a town, a county, but you can't say this only applies to St. Louis County. So they would say like, well, if you had over a million people, this will apply. And so our, the argument of the public council was that you can, you can lose that classification, which some people were saying, once you were in that classification, you can never lose it. Some people said that. Some people said that. I, I mean, I personally didn't agree with that because I was like, well, but the point is, is that, you know, if you're needing to do this and it's to support a certain size jurisdiction... Well, if you don't have that certain size jurisdiction anymore, why do you need this? I mean, that was my whole point. Now, none of that matters because there's a law now that says once you enter into that class, you can never leave. Right. I think they passed that right around the time the Supreme Court issued its decision in the first... In response to all of this. Right. Which, did I mention, I inherited this. <laughs> and it outlasted you, too. And it outlasted me, and everyone was mad at me. Everybody was mad at me about this. Some people get all the breaks, right? <laughs> yeah, that's why they nicknamed me Lucky, right? Uh, so, okay. So, but in the end, the Supreme Court disagreed with the Court of Appeals, and they undid that. They basically said that this was moot, didn't they? Said they said it was moot, uh, which... Gets into what we're about to talk about, by the way. You know, uh, the court is... They're the Supreme Court, so what they say goes, right? That's right. So. 
um, I was the one arguing against that mm-hmm. case, so I didn't think it was moot, but yeah. the court said it was, and so that's what it was. You were a young lawyer arguing in front of the Missouri Supreme Court. I suppose. That must have been quite an experience for you. It was all right. Or okay. or maybe not. Okay, I thought it was a nice thing to get you, let you do, but, you know. Yeah, it was nice. Okay, good. I enjoyed it. I was going to say, if you didn't like it, I should have done it. It sounded like a cool <laughs> deal to me. Well, anyway, so, all right. So, but, like, and the reason they said it was moot was because, okay, here's another thing that's important about this. Okay, they get this surcharge, and they can ask for this surcharge, like, like every six months if they wanted to. Uh, but then they've got to like kind of reconcile it and true it up in the right cases. And I, I know this is true with the gas. I'm not sure this is with the water, but don't they have to do a rate case every three years if they apply for one of these things and get it? I believe that's right. Yeah. Cause I also remember, uh, when I was public counsel, uh, Spire was trying to change that to five years and that didn't happen. Uh, but they were trying to get that to where they didn't have to come in as much. So, uh, now with all that out of the way, we got the, kind of the water thing out of the way. So, I want to talk a little bit about the gas. Uh, I mean, there was a water case uh, that came down, and there were a lot of gas cases that came down, too. Now, the one that got the most attention was the St. Louis Post-Dispatch reported that the Court of Appeals basically said that Spire had not done this correctly. They had not applied this correctly, and they were going to owe $4.1 million back. Tell us about what went into that decision, Tim Opitz, General Counsel, Murder, <laughs> uh, Missouri, Esquire. <laughs> so, so there, I believe that case was one that was, I'll say, an appeal of a remand. So it was related to another case that had to that was at the court of appeals, and they sent back to the Public Service Commission. Because right. that's what remand means. Right. Yeah. And in that case and in one of the other cases, uh, because because of the way that the ISRIS works, as you said, every six months, the Office of Public Counsel, who was the main uh, proponent of the argument against these ISRISs, Which, by the way, continued to file appeals. So that's why we saw on November 19th three different gas right. ISRIS cases. Because I can still distinctly remember, I believe that Spire filed an ISRIS case like every six months. Because I literally was looking at an ISRIS appeal from our office maybe every couple of months. <laughs> so they were doing it pretty frequently. Yes. And they've continued to do so. And to... I'll say in, in large part to Mark Poston's credit, ah. um, he was always on top of it to ensure that they were filing appeals to preserve the claim by Spire or the commission that these cases were all moot. Right. And Mark Poston worked with us when we were at public counsel. He was, I think, the deputy public counsel at the time. He was like the number two guy there. And now he is public counsel. Um, he got that... Um, I want to say in the summer of 2018. So he's been there a little over a year, which is um, pretty good. <laughs> Public councils aren't lasting very long these days. Uh, so he's he's got he's he's on a track record to be there for a little long. Well, he's been there longer than I was. He he had left briefly. He went to go be the lawyer for the Division of Energy. Right. Yeah. Um, so in one of these, we cases, like Mark. Mark, if you're listening, hello. <laughs> So, <laughs> in one of these cases, the um, court said, 
these older cases, the court said, Commission, you improperly included some replacement costs for pipes that were not worn out or deteriorated. Right. And so they remanded it back. Yeah. So the commission looked at it and said, well, we shouldn't have included them, but we don't have the authority to order a refund. Right. So, sorry, customer. So OPC appealed that. Right. And so that's one of the cases that came down on the 19th. Right. And in that, the court makes clear that um, it intended the commission to refund this money right. and that the commission has the power to refund this money. So basically to kind of go into the the history of that particular case. So they so Spire applied for things that the public council was arguing was not worn out or deteriorated. Was it plastic pipe? I seem to remember that case that they were trying to argue that plastic pipe needed to be replaced and I think public council was arguing that that was not considered as part of the Isris statute's intent. Am I remembering this correctly? That was one of them. Uh, they, <laughs> they, I need a chart for this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got one. The, these cases were all... <laughs> I can write all this down. <laughs> these these cases were all related to the replacement of, you know, steel or, or I guess, lead pipes. Yes. Deteriorated pipes. Right. And what they're replacing them all with is plastic. Right. But um, some in one of the cases... Uh, Spire was seeking to recover plastic pipes that it had already already replaced once. That's right. Because they're saying, well, we're doing a whole whole uh, system. So it just makes sense for us to replace this while we're digging all this stuff up anyway. Right. That was their argument. And public counsel took issue with that. Right. Now, is that this case that got remanded? That was not that case. Oh, darn. Okay. So this was basically... This was basically the case where they said, like, well, you didn't need me replacing this stuff because uh, it wasn't deteriorated or worn out, right? I would say that one is this second case, the WD82199 uh, decision, where they did talk about the replacing plastic components are not eligible for okay. recovery. So so it go, that goes to the Court of Appeals. Court of Appeals says, PSE, you need to fix this. It goes back to the court. It goes back to the Public Service Commission. They say, "Well, we can't give this money back," and then that goes back to the Court of Appeals, and they say, "Yeah, you need to give this money back to customers." Right, and so they it's another remand, and they said, yeah. "Calculate the right amount and give it back." Right, and I believe that according to what was filed, it, it was going to be a little over four million dollars. Was that right? Did I get that number right? Please tell me I got that right. I, I think that's right. <laughs> okay. One of the cases talks about. Um, the commission had disallowed three point one million, but I think the one that you're talking about was four point one million yeah. from a prior period. Okay, so I mean, this is all this all makes the news, but I mean, what needs to be clear is, you know, this is all kind of fighting over something that the legislature lets utility companies do. They let them come in and adjust the surcharge based on what they're doing to replace what is supposed to be outdated or deteriorating infrastructure, right? Right. So I think, you know, so to me, the one thing I always, one thing I always thought about was um, if people are upset about this, and there were a lot of people that were upset about this, I mean, ultimately, isn't the problem that the legislature let them do this to begin with? If you have a problem with this, I'm not saying I have a problem with this anymore. With... <laughs> 
ISRIS with in ISRIS general, in general or trying to recover yeah. non-eligible items. Well, I mean, I guess the thought is, I mean, do you think? I mean, I guess it comes down to, do you think that? I mean, because do you think that the legislature should be allowing utility companies to recover costs outside of rate cases? Like, and that seems to be like what people's main argument is against ISRIS. I don't think. I mean, that's the policy argument against it. Yeah, that's the policy argument. Right, but but all of these cases were about legal argument about what it's qualified. But don't under those you think as this, it is written? Right. Don't you think this invites that kind of scrutiny? Like, I mean, basically, when you say to utility companies, utility companies, go do this. You're going to be doing because, like, okay, let's let's see if we can agree on this, Tim. The ISRIS filings and the proceedings that go into ISRIS filings are much like they're they're much less intensive of discovery of of involvement with regulators in a rate case. Safe to say they're not quite as intensive as far as those elements go. That was one of the complaints that OPC has raised recently. But I think you could say that because I mean rate cases are supposed to like last for months. I mean by design. We have an 11 month period for between when a rate case gets filed and when those new rates go into effect. 11 months. That's a decent amount of time. The utility companies do not like that they're that long. And so when you are adjusting rates outside of a rate case, what I'm saying is, isn't it, doesn't it go to the nature of those that they're not going to be quite as intensive as far as oversight as a rate case? To a degree, but there's still a period of time which they have to look at the filing. And, and so the, the third case that... Uh, I'm making you very uncomfortable the, the, with these questions. Well, the third case, that I think you're, <laughs> you're painting with a pretty broad brush here. It's the, oh, Tim! <laughs> the third case that came down was one that I, I believe uh, this was the one that former Governor Nixon was involved in. And, Jay Nixon, my old boss. And the... Uh, Who's now a private lawyer in St. Louis. OPC challenged the commission's order on an ISRIS that included uh, some projected costs oh, okay. because OPC said, look, you haven't met the, you haven't met the burden of proof to show that all of these costs that were included were related to this worn out or deteriorated right. pipe. Right. Right. So t to that extent, the court on the 19th said, uh, I think laid out a standard that says, look, commission, when you're looking at this, because it's primarily the Public Service Commission staff that looks at these, right. their auditors, right? Just because they have more staff and well, they got like two hundred something staff members, ish. Right. They're not all doing gas stuff. I mean, they have a gas department right. or division, but there's like several people. There's a that's a big staff. It's it's a lot larger than OPC, that's for sure. So I know when we were at OPC, we relied on a lot of the staff auditors' reports and their investigation to come I up with I think we had like under 15 people working there. Right. When I was there. And I don't think we've gotten much bigger since I left. No. Yeah. Okay. Not a very big office. So that was a case where <laughs> the court says, um, basically, yes, you have to demonstrate the cost. You can't just sort of estimate what these right. costs are. Right. Right. So I guess that's why I was uncomfortable with you saying, you know, it's not as uh, invasive or um, robust as a rate case, because maybe it hasn't been in the past, but going forward, it should be clear that it will be. It, I think that's what the Court of Appeals is asking the 
PSE to kind of be more mindful of. Right. Okay. Yeah, but I think, but I, I but I, but it, it, let, one thing we can agree on is risk cases don't take 11 months. No. Right. Uh, they don't have as many people intervene with them as a right case. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why, I think that's why I'm trying to say there's not as much scrutiny and there's not as much time that goes into it because those things are true. That's true. Okay. Thanks. I'm glad we finally got there. <laughs> glad we glad we agree on something on this podcast. Um, no. Okay. So, all right. So, so, so basically, okay. So, I want to make sure that we're keeping all this straight. We had one case last week that basically said that the Public Service Commission was incorrect by not ordering this money to be returned to ratepayers. That was one spire case. Right. Yet another spire case. That involved uh, whether or not it was proper to include projected costs to replace infrastructure or replace pipes. That was another case. Right. And that was the one that was being argued by former Governor Jay Nixon. Right. Who is, yeah, like I said, he is a private attorney now. He works at Dowd Bennett. That also uh, has on their roster former Senator Jack Danforth, as an example. He works there. I mean, he... Works there. I think he's on the letterhead. <laughs> I don't know how much Jack Danforth goes into the office. I can tell you Jay Nixon's in the office quite a bit. Um, so I think he's, you know, got his nose at the grindstone there. Um, so, okay, but there was a third one. Right. Okay. And that one was related to the plastic components. That was the plastic one. Okay. And basically, I'm glad you cleared all this up. Basically, in that one, <laughs> the court said uh, you can't include that and remanded it back and said, you, you can't. Have, you cannot. Yeah. So you've got to refund that money too. And that was to the extent it was included. Right. And that and so that was basically. And I want to make sure that we're clear on this. That was plastic pipe that they had already replaced. The plastic pipe that was not in a worn out or deteriorated. Condition. Right. Okay. So whether they replaced it already or not, if it was deteriorated, they, you know, they would probably be able to recover it. But Spire's argument was, well, we are going down there to replace some other things. We might as well do this while we're there. That was their argument. Right. Okay, so those are the three Spire cases that came down last week. And I don't think public counsel was saying that they couldn't recover this and that not arguing that they shouldn't be doing that method, uh, but they were just saying, you don't get to recover that portion of those dollars in this special mechanism that gives you a benefit right. utility. You've got to put that into a separate account and recover it in your rate case. case. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, because all that comes down to, even if they don't... Let me just ask you this, because I think this is something that's... Uh, I think people could be listening to all this, and I hope we've explained this pretty well. Danielle, yes. you're not a lawyer. Did this all sound pretty good? Yes, I'm following. You're following, mm -hmm. okay. You're going to be kind of our uh, stand-in for the audience here. All right, so, okay, so the question ultimately is, like, let's say <clears throat> they don't like the results of this. Couldn't they just get this money back in their next rate case? Tim Opitz? The rate payers or the utility? Well, no, what I, well, I'm saying, okay, like, let's say, um, let, let, okay, let's start with the example of this plastic replacement that they, that the Court of Appeals said was not something that was, that should be subject to the ISRA statute. Uh, because it wasn't worn out or deteriorated, could they replace that and then come back in a right case and say, we want to recover the money we spent on those plastic pipes? They could do that. They could do that. But there would be uh, 
some accounting for the lost value, the, I guess we'll call it depreciation over that, that, would be depreciation. Over that time period right. between when that goes into effect and when the rate case rates go into effect. Right. Whereas with the ISRIS, that time period is shorter, so they're not having to wait as long to recover money on one hand, and two, there's this potential impact on the amount of money they're able to recover. Okay. So there would be some, it wouldn't exactly be like a pure transition from, oh yeah, we didn't get this money in Israel, so we'll just get this in a rate case. They would, there would be some consequence to that for the, for the utility. I suspect that would be, but I, it's been a long time since I've gotten that far into the weeds on the accounting side of it. Right, because we don't really do a whole lot of that here at Renew, Missouri. Just AAOs. Just, and whether they're AAOK. -okay. <laughs> um, yeah, which we did a whole well, thing so on a that. AAOs yeah. are interesting because prior to the ISRA statutes, uh, the Public Service Commission had the practice of when the utilities were replacing these, this plant for safety reasons to grant AAOs um, yeah. to allow them to defer those costs, right? Right. So then, should we explain what an AAO is? <laughs> Tune in to our podcast oh, a month ago, I guess. Did we talk about that a month ago? Oh yeah, we did. We kind of get, we kind of got into it a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Did we? Which one was this? Oh boy. Yeah, I'm gonna get emails about this. <laughs> we had you in here talking about homeowners associations. We didn't talk about it. Well, do you want me to recap it or do you want me to find out? No. Okay. Well, why don't you say what an AEO is? It's like an administrative it's, accounting order. It's an accounting order. Yes. Which is authorized by GAAP. Costs, yes. Which is then preserved for consideration in their next rate case. Didn't we talk about it with Sibley? We talked about it with the Sibley rate case. We with, talked about it with Sibley. That's when we talked about it. We did a uh, CLE on it. We did. And I think Back in we April, talked about it at our other year-end CLE. Oh, we so. did. Yes. So if you are, oh, by the way, if you are a lawyer out there or interested in this stuff, we are having, we do our CLE series. We have one coming up on December 10th. Uh, and if you're looking to uh, <laughs> spend up some business expenses before the end of the year, so you don't have to pay taxes on it, I get you information on becoming a real council CLE participant, so you can enroll in that and get that at a discount. FYI. So we did talk about AAOs, and we talked about that in the terms of regulatory assets and regulatory liabilities and booking those things. And there would be some issue with how we booked this kind of infrastructure replacement if it wasn't being handled with ISRIS. Well, it was routine when they did it. What's the error stand for in ISRIS again? <laughs> Rebate, that I remember now, okay. <laughs> Callback joke. Well, but that would be the issue, right? Like how they booked it. How they booked it. Okay. And the immediacy of when the utility would get its money back. Yeah. Go go listen to the one we go listen to the uh, the podcast we did about the Sibley plant closing in Evergy's territory, and that will get you all sorts of details about that. I know you can't wait. I really hope this is my hope, Tim. Someone is going to have a big Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> They're going to like be wondering what they should be doing with the family afterwards. And they put on Renew Gurus to listen to us talk about Ezra's maybe policy. Light a fire in the fireplace. And yeah. Around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe use natural gas to heat up the house. Hmm. Think about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there were these. Okay. So there are these three cases that came down. But the big one that was talked about was whether or not um, the PSC could order this money back. Now. 
Can they, all right, so this is something I think that people are probably wondering. How does this money get back to them? Is it like a credit on their bill? Back to the ratepayers? Yeah. Does it go into an account? Because I remember like, okay, so back in 2016, Tim, I remember this very vividly because trauma goes into a certain part of your brain that uh, makes it very memorable. When I filed a complaint against Spire for over-earning, which made everyone very upset at me. And that's something I, I can't, I could blame potentially on my predecessor because it had been written before I got there. But I looked at it and said, yeah, we should totally file this because I thought we were right about it. But then if we filed a complaint and got an over earnings well, ruling, that so was... So in the most immediate Spire rate case yeah. after you uh, had departed from the OPC... They did get a rate reduction. I so know. I would say you were right about it. I that. was right. Okay. They didn't call it that because they actually ruled against the complaint in that rate case. But then they got a rate reduction. Right. Which made me think, oh, yeah, that's they wanted to give a rate reduction without like validating my over-earnings complaint. Because there were a lot of people in Jefferson City upset about that, including people making a decision about that rate case. <laughs> well. <laughs> like... No, never mind. I think that I think that <laughs> I uh, can't talk about that. I think that you uh, ruffled a few feathers with that. Mm, that's one way of putting it. I think some people would have said that I was like trying to like cause a business to go bankrupt is what someone accused me of doing. Well, they accused us of trying to tank a merger when we were trying to yeah. ensure that there were conditions on the merger between Weststar and KCPL. They did accuse us of that. <laughs> so maybe you just are a good foil, you know? Everybody's got to have a <laughs> have let, an adversary, and, and you can be it. Let me tell you something, folks. Uh, when they say that they want to go to Jefferson City or Washington, D.C. to um, change things, hold people accountable, I can assure you that is not what anyone there wants done. <laughs> Because when you try to do that, it generally tends to lead to countless problems. I'm just going to say that. All right. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Um, where does that, how's that money, this four point, this money that the Court of Appeals has to get rebated, how is that going to get back to people, if at all? I don't know exactly, but I would suspect it would be returned through this surcharge on their bill. Okay. Probably in the form of a surcharge that's lower than it would otherwise be. Right. So I don't think that people are going to be getting a check for no. four cents um, on their bill or, or whatever it is. <laughs> it's going to be some reduction that they may or may not um, even realize is there. Uh... Oh, um, well, look, uh, you know, I, I hate to be. The, oh, no. The yeah. Sorry, there, everyone. But, but um, OK, so because I remember the over earnings complaint, it was going to go into some sort of fund. That was where I was going with that before I went on a personal tangent. It wasn't going to go back to ratepayers. It was going to go back into some sort of, <laughs> excuse me, fund that was going to like go to education or something is what I understood. That is. There is, uh, I believe there's, I don't know if it's, I can't recall the citation, but there is some law out there that says 
when the commission assesses penalties, penalties oh, go towards that. Penalties. I don't necessarily know that the over earnings would go into some sort of I or see. not, but okay. that's one place it could go. Okay. But yeah, it is difficult to match right. who overpays what with uh, how much they get paid back. Some might say that it would it would take more effort and money to do that than you would actually get back. I think it's still worth the effort to do. Yeah. This was something that was very big when we were talking about um, when I worked in procurement. I, my, my first job in Jeff City was to uh, run a kind of contract oversight office, and we had a lot of talk about sometimes you can put more effort into like solving a problem than actually like just letting it be a problem. That might have just been a bad mentality in the state of Missouri. <laughs> but there was a belief that you could, you could put more effort and money into a problem solving it than you were actually losing. It's yeah, and it's doubly hard with utilities, we, because we are setting rates for the future based on past costs. Yeah, and then that gets complicated when either you're trying to return or claw back additional money. To remind people I mean, that you have to use a test year that is usually based on historical information. Whether you usually. have to or not is disputed, but yes. it's usually uh, based on that. In the I mean, that is typical what it is. Right. I know there's always wanting to do future test rate, uh, test years. And we use a modified historical test year. So that means there's a true up uh, up to a certain date where they supplement their, their initial filing with more information. You know, I'm starting to think it might just be easier for us to all go move into the woods and like live in yurts than have to do all of this. Comment. <laughs> I stayed in a yurt uh, when I was in Virginia. It was yeah. actually quite nice. Okay, it so had, it had electricity and a gas stove. Oh so well, I then don't think that would solve your problem. That wouldn't solve our yurt. problem. But it, like, again, I hope if anything, people learn that all of this is very complicated. But there's smart people working on it. We and yes, there's dedicated people who are looking out for the customer's interest. And that's not to say that the utilities aren't looking out for the customer's interest because yes, they should be replacing these deteriorated pipes, yeah. um, that's a safety issue. We want to encourage utility companies to do that. Right. Yeah. And so that's the rationale for allowing us. Just in a responsible way. Right. Yeah. That doesn't cost too, more money than it should. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that's our lesson for the day. Do you, do you feel like there's anything we left out, Tim, that the listeners should know in their post-Thanksgiving glow when they're listening to this? When I... <laughs> when I was... Reviewing these cases for this podcast. Ah, oh, we do do show prep. I, Take that. Well, I do. I well, can't. I can't attest oh, for I, you. I didn't. <laughs> I've been. I've been doing other stuff today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, it, it was a not so pleasant trip down memory lane because two of the gas cases, the company and the commission argued, should have been moot because the ISRIS had been reset. Yeah. And they cited to the. Uh, Supreme Court case that I argued that was declared moot. Oh, did they really? And it was a little, uh, you know, a little, uh, you know, made me feel a little bad about not covering up, not covering all of our bases because there was a rate case in the interim, and so that's why they said it was moot. I think that we did it, but I maybe I just have sour grapes. Um, but they changed the law. And it, they did change and it was the law. Fixed prospectively. Yeah, that's so. right. I mean, they did. I mean, this did cause like a lot. I mean, like here's the thing. Like, there are people at the state level uh, that are doing a lot of important things. They're doing a lot of hard work. But this is also, in addition to being complicated, 
very slow. And I would say that, you know, if you believe that this is a victory for consumers, do know this has been something that these cases have been built on years of, of, of literally, like the public council, like filing these uh, appeals and getting nowhere with them. Nowhere with them. Right. Yeah. And because two of those cases dealt with that mootness issue and were addressing a Supreme Court case, yeah. I would suspect that uh, these, at least two of these, are going to be, uh, they're going to seek transfer to the Supreme mm. Court. Because, yeah, this isn't necessarily the end of this because they can, I mean, you, the Supreme Court doesn't have to take every case. Like, the Court of Appeals takes every case that gets filed as an appeal, as long as it was filed properly. Um, and so, I mean, but the Supreme Court has discretion with that. And they usually uh, do these, I mean, I, I don't think they, I'm not sure they do if it's original jurisdiction, like if it's like a constitutional issue. I think they can still make a decision on a here or something. Um, but like when it's a when it's something that's coming from uh, a court of appeal, they have to decide if it's something that they think would be improved by them making a ruling on it. Like they want to clarify something, clarify the law or resolve a conflict in uh, jurisdictions. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, sometimes uh, you uh, you have um, you know different districts doing different things, and they want to make sure they get the final say in that. So, Tim. Thank you for all of that and for all you do. You're welcome. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> it's only polite to say you're welcome. Awkward pause. Everybody. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I feel like Tim is, like, upset at me. Like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I wasn't sure if you just wanted to end it there, but. Oh, no. I wanted to keep going. Um, no, but seriously, folks, uh, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope, <laughs> I don't expect you all to listen to this after Thanksgiving, but maybe on the way to where you're going or way back, this will be good for your kids. To listen to this um but uh we hope you like this uh matthew again so long so long farewell yeah uh, yeah we'll miss you love you, love you. you you might not miss us <laughs> <laughs> we'll miss you <coughs> and danielle but we're very excited to have you on board i mean you've been here you've been an intern with us and now you're going to be doing this kind of in between schooling gigs so we'll be excited to have you uh here to kind of put up with all of our wackiness here at Renew, Missouri. You're stuck with me for a little longer. For a little longer, yeah. And so. now that you're producing the pod, you'll get to listen to it live. You'll get to listen to it when you edit it. <laughs> and then once more for fun. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because you want to like listen to your handiwork in action. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening to our handiwork in action. Uh, if you like what you hear, share it on social media. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to this on Spotify or iTunes. Write a positive review. Don't write a negative review uh, because we don't care what you think if you didn't like it. Uh, but just, yes, we thank you. And, and keep in mind, this uh, we have our year in appeal going on. We cannot do this without your support. Please uh, consider giving us money. You should have that in your mail. Or you can go to renewmo.org and donate there. Uh, thank you again. And uh, hey, happy Turkey Day. Woo!